Well, as chapel, as you can see, it's going to look a little bit different today. Um, we're, we have an opportunity for you all to hear from um, your fellow student body on experiences that they have um, taken advantage of for missions and service opportunities. And so we're going to mix up the songs a little bit with speaking and also a couple videos here and there. So um, please give them your, your greatest respect as we um, listen to their stories. But can we pray together as we get started? God, we do thank you so much for this opportunity to gather together, Lord, um, to be here for you. God, I thank you for all that you have um, done for us and in us. And God, it's such a busy time in the semester, Lord. We are just so grateful for this opportunity to pause and reflect, Lord, and listen to who you are, to the ways that you are deeply at work in our lives and around the world. And God, I ask that you would just um, calm the minds and hearts of those that are speaking And also, Lord, give us ears and eyes to see um, each other and ourselves and the world, Lord, as you see us. And um, be with us through our service today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys. I'm Sav, and I'm going to be talking about my my experience in Honduras. Um, Since my sophomore year of high school, I've traveled to Honduras eight different times uh, for mission efforts. And a lot of people will say to me, like, you love Honduras. After you graduate from ENC, you're going to move to Honduras and we'll never see you again. Um, And as much as I love hearing that, uh, I always wonder, you know, is this God's will? Is this really what God wants for me? Um, And I heard about an organization called Urban Promise Honduras a couple years ago. Um, This past semester, I started praying about it, and I applied, and I continued to pray. I got accepted, and I continued to pray. And um, I got to a point where I honestly felt peace about going, so I went. Um, So this summer, I was a Bible teacher for Camp Joy um, in Copan Rinas, and um, the experience was incredible. I learned so much while I was there about God, about poverty, um, about the people of Copan. Um, Something I didn't learn is whether I'm supposed to move to Honduras um, after graduation. Um, It was perfect. It's the summer before my senior year. God was supposed to give me the green light, um, and I was supposed to know if I was supposed to go or not. Um, But he didn't. Um, God showed me how my heart um, feels so alive in Honduras and is filled with so much joy that I can't even describe to you guys. Two trips ago, I went um, with ENC on a fusion trip to Honduras, and um, during that trip, we had the opportunity to go behind a waterfall, and um, it's not like in the States where they have the safest route for you to get there. You literally had to swim and climb um, to get behind the waterfall, Um, and there was moments where I couldn't see barely two feet in front of me, and there was other moments where there was so much water I couldn't see anything. And our instructor um, instructed us to just reach forward for our teammate that was, that was going in front of us, and they would help lead you through the next part as we got really close to where the water was hitting the rocks. Um, and I really feel like that experience was super overwhelming, but it's a good, uh, a good uh, demonstration of what our pursuit uh, for God's will for our lives is. Um, no, I don't know what I'm doing with the rest of my life. Um, But it's about pushing forward, and it's about reaching, and that's what God honors. Um, Sometimes I can't see ahead, but the life that God has set, um, the life that God has set for me is a life that I couldn't plan. Um, I put together a short video just to show you guys a little bit what my summer was like, but I pray um, that you guys would consider your passions and desires and see um, how God would want you to use that in service, whether that be locally, within the states, or even globally. Thanks.
hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Josh Henry, and I'll be talking about uh, my time in Zambia, Africa this summer. Um, so for six weeks I spent in Zambia, uh, we went from major city to major city, um, and the organization that I went through is the Salvation Army, which isn't a thrift store, if you guys thought that. It's actually a church, um, but there was an op- application process that we had to go through. Um, there was two teams. My team went to Zambia, and then there was another team that went to India, and um, and so there was about 30 applicants for uh, each team, so uh, I was lucky enough to get selected. Um, uh, through the Salvation Army, the way that it works is uh, each one of us only had to raise $1,000 in order to go. So the church provided a lot for us and um, for our experience. I think one of the hardest things for me in preparation was... Um, trusting God that this is what he wanted for me for my summer, that, um, that I would be able to grow and learn in the aspects and ways that he wanted me to rather than the ways that I thought or uh, the experiences that I thought. Um, so one of the, the, the biggest things that I saw in my time there was uh, the relationship that all of the Zambians had with God. It is a uh, uh, the official religion is Christianity. So uh, everyone that I spoke to had this deep uh, understanding and, and relationship with God that, for me, uh, it, it kind of like shook my world that here in America we can have so many things that uh, uh, distracts us from our relationship with God, whether that be our cell phones or, or sports or anything, really. Uh, if we want it, we can get it. But there, they have this, this desire to be closer to God because he's the one who ultimately provides for them. That, that, that through their trust for him, uh, he provides. And for me, I struggled with that, um, trying to further and deepen my relationship with God as I was over there. And I thought I was doing really good until I came back here um, and... Uh, we didn't have our phones or anything. We didn't have internet or anything like that while we were over there. So I didn't have distractions. But as soon as I got back here, it was just like distraction after distraction, and it was hard for me. Um, but uh, on our way back, uh, we had to go through customs uh, to leave Zambia. And our visas uh, expired eight days prior. So uh, one of the things that... Uh, we had to trust God with right away was leaving the country because we were supposed to get fined, which there was eight of us on my team. So uh, that would have been about uh, $8,000 and we would have had to do jail time. Um, So (laughs) as soon as we found this out, um, uh, my team leader like was talking to the customs uh, people and my team just turned around and we just started praying because that's what all we knew while we were in Zambia. And, you know, uh, the lady was nice enough to let us go, but it was just uh, one example of, of having to trust God right away. And um, so what I want to do today is encourage you guys to trust God, that um, don't let these little distractions get in the way from your lives, that, um, that you just continue to strive after him and trust him in whatever aspect of your life. Uh, for me, uh, this is my last semester, so I have to trust him with my, 
the whole job situation after uh, after I graduate, which um, is hard, but uh, there are a couple like things lined up already. It's just trusting God with uh, which way I should go and which way um, he wants me to go. So uh, thank you for your time. I'll just be reading for my paper. So, um, my name is Ashley Cook, and I've been asked to share about my participation in last year's spring break fusion trip to Honduras and about working as a counselor for 10 year olds at Camp Sebago in Maine. I've never been great at starting, but I took the, to the ground running last year, and I had this plan in my head. I was going to become this great leader that would make a difference, and people would take notice of the things I was doing to change myself. The funny thing is that God had a completely different idea for me, and I forgot about the fact that it's not my place to change things. It's God's. I'm merely his instrument. Failing at attempt after attempt to become a leader and make myself better made me realize over time that I was very prideful. It gave God an opportunity to knock me down a few shelves, look at the nails in my own side, and work on those things. I applied to ENC's fusion trip to Honduras because it was an opportunity for me to see if I could handle travel outside of the country and see if it was really what God wanted for me in the long run. In the months leading up to our team's departure, I was finally facing up to the brokenness in my life, and I didn't like what I was seeing. It was the beginning to a stirring God has placed on my heart for the broken in this world. I knew God was going to change me in Honduras and open my eyes to what his love looks like. Loving others comes from our actions, by the stories we tell, and it also breaks us down to our rawest forms so that we can be rebuilt, rebuilt again. We were able to listen to many powerful testimonies and work alongside the people in Honduras. I knew my struggles and facing them and fully sharing them with the team I was with helped me realize that I'm not alone in my brokenness. This fusion trip was a prelude to the journey of freedom I am continuing to find as I keep running forward. I'm in a race that God has specifically tailored for me and for every one of you. This was a huge part of my journey moving forward. Now that I knew what God's love looked like, how would I show that to others in a purpose-driven way? When I first heard about the paid counselor position in Maine at Camp Sebago, it was through a friend who had previously worked there. She thought that Camp Sebago would be a positive and good experience for me. I hesitated to apply for a very long time out of fear that I would get rejected like all the other times I had applied for leadership positions. This position was the first thing I ever gave up to God, And when I finally said yes in full surrender, I ended up being accepted and going. Walking into my job at Sebago, my brokenness was at an all-time high. I was nervous and scared to walk into a new place I knew nothing about, into a position I wasn't even sure I was cut out to do. I knew I needed every ounce of God I could get, so that's what I held on to as summer got underway. The promise that God had called me there for a reason and that it would be revealed to me in some way. Not one of my weeks was the same. I went through highs and lows and was able to learn about myself as a leader and how he sees and loves each and every one of us as his beloved children despite our brokenness. Realizing this allowed me to step into who God has called me to be. Crazy, fun, out of this world, and serious when needed, lion-wearing, banana-phone-calling Ashley. It also made me realize we don't need labels to be leaders. I understand this is a lot easier said than done, but I believe that through the process, we learn about ourselves as leaders and God's individual people. I desired the label of leader because I thought it would make me feel big and important. I never even thought about the fact that I have to start small and be small so the big God can shine forth his light in me and get that glory above everything else. Being a leader is nothing about me, but how I can take part in the greater story God has planned for all of us. 
It's about bringing joy and happiness to others in Christ's name. It's about saying yes to whatever God may have in store for each of us and running toward him in full trust and surrender. If you are hesitant or scared, say yes. Fear has no place in God's kingdom. God is waiting for each of us to say yes, no matter where we are in the journey. I'm Greg. This is a a topic that does not lend itself super well to monologue. Uh, It's a much better conversation, so uh, please talk to me. Uh, In the past few years, I've had a number of opportunities to serve people who are less financially fortunate than I am. I've gone on a couple short-term missions trips. I spent five months in Ghana mostly supervising, working, supervising and working with manual labor teams to provide some work for people. For a year, I worked at a homeless shelter in Connecticut. I was actually in charge of the shelter from 1.30 a.m. until 8.30. And currently, I have the opportunity to serve with fellow students and staff at the Long Island Homeless Shelter just a few miles from here. Before I'd done any of these things, um, I was extremely passionate about helping people less fortunate than me. My only goal was to help overcome poverty and suffering in our world. This desire to help others is what led me to do these things. However, the more I worked with people in need, the less and less motivated to help them I became. I realized how difficult it was to actually help somebody. I realized that when I had to be strict with people, my compassion for them died. I realized that I couldn't effectively help someone change if I didn't know how their culture worked. For all I know, Some of the things I did in Ghana could have been more harmful than helpful. That might even be true about the children in Connecticut. I realized that there were people who didn't want help, who spent their lives exploiting systems. I realized there were people being exploited by systems I don't even understand, systems that are far larger than I can grasp. What difference can I make in the the lives of people uh, who will fight the help I try to give them every step of the way? What good am I to people if I can't save them from the cultural and political systems that oppress them? Time and time again, my motivation to serve others has been stripped from me. With every step, the world looked bleaker, um, and I started to care for the needy even less. Yet, even though my desire to help people has significantly decreased over the years, I still find myself trying to serve others. And I'm so grateful for opportunities like serving at Long Island. I find that no matter how depressing situations are or how ineffective I think I'm being, the mission of God on this earth is still to bring reconciliation to all people, to bring healing between people and other people, and to bring healing between people and God. I'm not going to tell you that you need to serve the homeless or go to another country. I would actually advise you to be very careful about doing those kinds of things. Educate yourself. Learn the systems that oppress people and understand the scope of the situations of people in need. Find where you can be effective. For two years, I prayed, asking God what I should do with my life. Just tell me what to do next, God, and I'll do it. But throughout those two years, God gave me no direction. He never made it clear that I should go to Ghana or work at the homeless shelter or do anything I've done in the past few years. But I think that what he was saying to me was, Greg, I gave you a brain for a reason. Use any creativity you have to serve me. Try to find where you can be most effective. And if you are somewhere you shouldn't be, I'll let you know. Just serve others and advance my kingdom.
Now, I have no idea what that call looks like for you. You have significantly different abilities and talents than I do. Maybe God's kingdom in your life is bringing treats to your neighbor. Maybe it's working with recovering alcoholics. Maybe it's reconciling your relationship with your parents. Hopefully, it's serving at the Long Island Homeless Shelter. Seriously, if you want to come, we go almost every weeknight. Just talk to me, and we will get you there. Um, Or maybe it is going to another culture. But whatever it is, no matter how how hard or depressing, uh, don't stop serving others. Bureau's mission is to improve the quality of life for Boston's homeless citizens and affirm their dignity and human rights as they work to overcome the challenges that may have led to homelessness. We support this process with our emergency shelters and also with our transitional and work training programs here on Long Island. The Serving Ourselves Farm is one of several spaces clients can get hands-on job training. Hi, my name is Talia Leeds, the Volunteer Services Coordinator here at the Homeless Services Bureau. We're here at the Serving Ourselves Farm, the Long Island Shelter here in Boston. And uh, the farm here is a two and a half acre certified organic farm, the only certified organic farm in Boston. Um, it was started in 1996 by Mayor Menino, and it's used in a variety of different ways to support our, both our guests and clients and also the greater Boston community. We grow over 25,000 pounds of fresh organic produce every year, and we're home to organic egg laying chickens as well. A majority of the produce is put to use in the Long Island Shelter Kitchen to serve our guests and clients. But we also use it for CSAs and farmers markets and local food deserts like Dorchester, so the greater Boston community is able to have access to nutritious local produce that they may otherwise not be able to. Volunteers can get involved in activities like seeding, weeding, harvesting, and cover cropping, depending on the point in the season. Um, always a great way to get your hands dirty. It's a great team-building exercise. It's a great way to visit Long Island, which is a really special, unique place that many people don't often get to see. Um, You're also seeing a very different side of homelessness than the one you might experience otherwise, or the one you may have in your mind. In addition to the shelters out here on the island, we also have several transitional programs um, that volunteers can participate in and get involved with to support our local community. We welcome our volunteers to be really creative about the ways in which they serve with us. So if you have a special skill or a hobby that you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Things like singing a song, playing a basketball game, teaching a knitting class, teaching an origami workshop, really anything you can think of. There are great ways that you can really affect change in your community um, and also be very creative. In addition to these recreational activities, we also offer our clients professional development classes and we welcome volunteers to help us with this. We offer classes like resume development, computer training, finance and budgeting, time management, and much more. And I just want to take a quick minute to say thank you for the month of September. We dedicated to just introduce as many of you to Long Island as possible. And ENC students uh, volunteered close to 300 hours in the month of September alone. So thank you for that. After, yeah, with this, thank you. I was a little uh, not concerned, but I was wondering what will it be like after people are introduced? Will we continue? I was hoping maybe one night a week we would volunteer. But um, So this is the schedule for the remainder of the semester. There are last eight or nine weeks of the semester, if you can believe that's how many weeks are left. 
Uh, you can serve dinner on Tuesday nights, and that's led by Greg Whitney and Andrew Latour. You can serve dinner on Wednesday nights, uh, which I'll be leading. You can serve dinner every other Friday night, which is uh, led by uh, Sydney and Jessica. Um, every other Thursday night, there'll be a game night, and, every, and then the other Thursday, there'll be uh, arts and crafts night. So those are just some options if you want to serve. You can sign up at the Spiritual Development Office or email us. But if there is another way or a gift or talent that you have, uh, that you'd like to utilize in serving others, that's available as well. So just, just let us know. So thank you, and hopefully more of you will be willing to serve. And I'll now turn it over to Miss Christina. Let's welcome Christina St. Pierre. Let's welcome her. Good morning, guys. Good morning. My name is Christina St. Pierre, and I'll be speaking to you today. According to Webster's Dictionary, missionary is defined as a person undertaking a mission, and especially a religious mission. But missionary work is more than, but missionary work is more than just a religious thing. And as I speak to you today, I want you to ponder on this question. What is your mission in life? Some of us in here today know exactly what that is, whether it's to be a school teacher, a lawyer, a preacher, or getting your MRS degree and staying at home, we all have a mission in life. God has a mission for each and every single one of us. Even if you think you can't be used, trust me, I am a living, breathing testimony that God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. The summer of my freshman year, I had the opportunity to intern in Bronx, New York with Bronx Bethany Church of the Nazarene. Through the good times, the struggles, we were able to mentor and teach the ages of kids between the ages of 4 and 12. And though sometimes they were just really hard-headed and did not want to listen, it was amazing to see how God could transform their lives in a matter of weeks. I had no idea that God was preparing me for the next summer, where I was blessed to be on an ENC summer ministry team with some of the most awesome people I know. Shout out to Confluence. (laughs) Before we left for our travels, I thought I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. But man, this was experience like no other. Besides the late nights, crazy teens, and camp food, Confluence challenged me and helped me in more ways than I could ever imagine. God truly showed us his glory. And Crystal, Kanan, Abby, and Greg all helped me through some weaknesses that I've dealt with all my life. I learned quickly that, as hard as it was at times, I had to open up past the surface, and they became a part of me and my family and my story. No matter how different we were culturally or how different we were financially, none of that mattered because we knew that we were on a mission bigger than ourselves. We were on a mission for God. Now, I'm not saying that my experience will be your experience or if you even choose to get involved with ministries at all or if this is even for you. But one thing for sure is that everyone in here today has a gift that comes from God and has been manifested in you before time even began. Gaby Schmidt told me once that sometimes the problem that we have is that we are simply searching for direction because our life seems as an infection due to all our imperfections. Realize that, 
Realize that the enemy can fool you to believe that. And he might have already fooled you into thinking that you can't follow that mission or search after your mission in life because of X, Y, and Z. That's why being fearless in those times is crucial. And it's crazy how the book of Hebrews have been popping up so much, but um, Hebrews 11.1 is my favorite verse. And it tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, having faith, even when you don't have all the answers, that's the true answer to all of this. Being involved in missionary work these past two summers changed my life in more ways than I could even think. I didn't even think God can use me. But as I stated before, really think about it. Because God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that's it. Thank you. Can we thank again all of those who have shared this morning? It really is an incredible joy to journey with students in different ways as you guys do um, find to place yourselves in ways that make you uncomfortable. And so I know even being up here this morning is a testimony of that for some. And I know there are many other stories throughout this room. Um, We could probably talk for hours about the stories and the ways that God has been working in and through your lives through missions or service opportunities. I just had a couple quick closing thoughts for us um, before we um, enter into our last song of worship about missions. Um, There's a quote that I have that I'd like for us to read together. Can you read it with me? Christ has no body on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion is to look out to the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. Yours are the hands with which God is to bless people now. And that's a, a, a quote that has been impactful to me in my own journey when I was in college and um, participating in missions. But there's two little points I want to make on that that um, help us maybe think about that quote a little bit differently. One is it talks a little bit about what we're doing, and all who are up here have shared stories on um, what they have done, experiences that they have taken. But underneath those stories and the surface of that is who it is that we're called to be. And I hope that, that that's something that you guys take with you as you leave from this place. Is It's not necessarily just what we do for God. It's who it is that we are, who it is that we're becoming, in ways in which we're being transformed to be more like Christ, so that it's not us um, going and serving in different ways. It's God be, making himself known in and throughout the world. And the other point I want to make on that quote is a lot of times we place ourselves as if we're the ones going to doing. We're the hands of feet of God, but in so many different ways, and as um, was testimony today, um, it's amazing how we become transformed when we see Christ in others, even in the most of unexpected of ways. And to know that it's not us taking God to other places, but God is um, at work in amazing ways, transforming us into his image. And um, there's so many ways that we learn from others when we listen and take the opportunity to listen. And the next image that I have up here is one that reminds me of missions in general. And we do this crazy tradition, which I always try to end. It's the polar plunge, for those of you who have heard about that or have done that. 
Um, we usually, for Fusion, we have guys against girls. Whoever has the most money, they run into Wally Beach in February, like a week before we go to different countries, probably get pneumonia. I don't know why we do this tradition. But in, in many ways, it's also um, something so beautiful and so symbolic about it. Um, seeing those, hopefully the others not me, that run into um, Wally Beach, it really is this run into the, this unabandoned, this something is, that is bigger than who we are. Um, running into the unknown, um, a lot of times we enter into missions experiences thinking we know exactly what will take place, um, but yet when we come back we find it was so much different and bigger than what we had even ever imagined. And so, um, as was shared this morning, just stories of transformation and even freedom, um, that is what it means to just um, embrace the ways that God wants to work in our lives um, in and through our experiences. Um, so anyway, thank you again for sharing this morning um, your stories. And I, it's again, we'd love to hear other stories of those of you who have served. And we have lots of opportunities for you to get involved. This year we're planning for our fusion trips for 2015 in February, um, I mean March. We're planning our international trip to Haiti. And our local trip... Our local trip will be um, working with the unaccompanied minors um, who are, are coming across the border. And there's five different um, temporary housing facilities. And there's two in New York City that we'll hopefully be partnering with in some way. It's a very complicated process, so we don't have all the details at this time. But um, be on the lookout for those opportunities to serve as well as so many others. So um, let me just close with a prayer for us today. It's from the Book of Common Prayer. Please pray with me. O God of peace, who has taught us that it is in returning and in resting that we shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. By the might of your spirit lift us, we pray, to thy presence, where we may be still and know that thou art God. Let's close chapel today by singing. Praise God from whom all blessings dismiss.